0: two kids you had me a killer i wish i knew how to quit you
1: the big problem with movie theaters and the box office right now covid let's talk about that Excuse me, you thought I was Fred Link, didn't you? This isn't good Mythical Morning. This is Gone with the Wind. Cue the music. Hey everybody, welcome to Gone with the Wind, the show about award shows where we talk about, you guessed it, award shows. I'm your host, Manning Franks, and today is Sunday 4.16pm uh, Eastern. Um, So, welcome again to the second episode of Season 4. This is officially the 75th fourth third yes the 73rd episode of gone with the wind um and we have a small panel today uh ape is currently right now watching a double feature of free guy and don't breathe too uh, i'm gonna try to watch free guy tomorrow night which i'm excited for don't breathe too i'm debating to to um avoid like the plague until i get to see it on streaming or or director what have you because i've heard nothing but garbage reviews and are we shocked no and malcolm right now i believe is still uh, asleep in new zealand time because again he lives in new zealand uh so his time frame is a little different than us we're a very international podcast however i am not alone you're gonna you're still gonna get more than just my voice because that would be annoying for over an hour I don't know if I could fill that time. Thankfully I have someone else here with me to fill in that time. I have Dan Skip Allen. Hey Manny,
0: uh welcome. back. you know, I'm glad to be back. You know, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. You sent me the notes, what we're gonna be discussing, and of course I had to interject my own idea, of what I wanted to get into the thing. It's not even my show, it's your show, but that's how nosy and and, and, and needy I am. Uh but <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind.
1: Talking about your points. No, hey.
0: It's your show.
1: <laughs> you said it, not me. I, I'm afraid from ever commenting. <laughs> <Nah>, <laughs> hey,
0: we got to have a laugh. We got to have hey, a we laugh. Do. We got to enjoy ourselves. Uh. Uh, you know, I'm always up for whatever we're talking about. And I'm going to have a blast. And, and, and put my two cents
1: in. Hey, you know what? Funnily enough, the uh, where I work for at News 2, uh, WFY News 2 in Greensboro, we have an actual segment called Two Cents. So every time I hear that, I get like PTSD. Uh, it's like, oh, two cents, my two cents. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I just hear it quite often, and it's kind of hilarious. It's become kind of a vernacular, uh, like whenever I want to refer to besides, and it, besides. Okay, this is a big tangent, and I apologize, but basically I use now, oh, that's just my two cents, instead of using the phrase, you know, um, uh, what are the uh, see? What are the other phrases now? See, your all opinion, I know in my your opinion, that's just my opinion. I don't say that anymore. It's always that's just my two cents. Um, okay, I like it. I Thank like you. It. Well, anyway, this is not what you're listening for. This is not Manning discussing his work. Uh, Manning is getting away from his work temporarily, and in fact, he is also currently uh, talking about movies with Dan. Um, that's the now that's the new title for Gone with the Wind. Just for today, movies with Dan and the man name. Until Malcolm joins us, which, again, I hope will be uh, a little bit later. However, we're going to start off first with Dan. What have you been watching this past week before we get into our big topics today?
0: Well, um, since the last time we have talked, mm-hmm. I have seen Nine Days, Respect, Free Guy, Don't Breathe Too, um, uh, uh,
1: a review of oh, saw The Suicide Squad already
0: yeah coda finally i got oh. to see coda uh this has been a running thing with manning and i for quite since yes. january finally got to see coda wow what an amazing movie and hopefully by the end we'll, we'll talk about its oscar chances yes uh hopefully by the end but it's we got a lot to talk about
1: yeah and um that's what i'm also going to you know we're going at the very end one of our topics is going to be like you know oscar locks from this past from this past year because we've had we've had a couple of movies that have come out that aren't while aren't quote unquote oscar movies which i think that's another topic for another day about what makes an oscar fi- a movie an oscar movie but there are certain aspects of the films that happened beforehand that i want us to talk about later um so below the line yeah they, yeah dan's over here being like pointing down and like I'm like, yes, Dan, your name is Dan. Dan, what do you point? Oh, yes, below the line. Yes. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, uh, I saw a movie that I was super jazzed about. And Dan, you said this is one of your favorite movies of the year so far. And I, for one, am quite perplexed. However, considering this is the same man that did a ghost story, which I do not like at all. David Laurie's The Green Knight which really saddens me because y'all know how excited I was to see this film. I was overjoyed. The trailers got me so hyped. The cinematography, by the way, is gorgeous. There is nothing that is wrong from an aesthetic standpoint. And while I'm not going to say this is a lock for cinematography, I don't think it is. Perhaps this will, it depends on what else comes out. And this needs to be in the conversation more, maybe costumes, maybe production design, definitely some below the line things. I don't know, but from a quality standpoint, I get where the love is coming from. However, this is very much, if you don't like a ghost story by David Lowry, you're definitely, you might like this a little more, but it's still in that same vein. And that's what kind of put me off because David Lowry as a filmmaker is someone that I don't necessarily care for in the way that he kind of, it's the way the shots linger and it's the way it, it kind of rolls on without any sort of, character depth not saying the characters don't have depth i just don't care about anyone in this movie like even in just kind of the small ways dave death patel in just his natural charisma i think he's astounding and a perfect cast i just wish that i cared about sir gowan or whatever they call him they say like three different ways they say like three different ways they
0: pronounce it differently than what we we all would pronounce we say gawain but they say gowan so, yeah.
1: whatever. Goin they say it different in. ways tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, aunt, aunt, all that fun stuff. I, I just, I it lacked a lot of, and it's, it was very, and we'll talk about this again when we talk about Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, excuse me. It felt very, you know, cynical, empty. empty. Cyn- yeah. It was empty and cynical. Um, yeah. but also inspiring at the same time. It was cynical in a way that it portrayed you know humanity and its relationship with nature which while well, i thought was a very see this is the movie i'm going to be watching a lot over just to get the themes i think the themes are brilliant it's the way the themes were presented that i just was kind of bored by and very much uh, I, my attention was not grabbed uh, but you said you loved it i want to hear huh. what you have to say like oh, please rebut me
0: i love this movie and all the reasons why you're saying you don't like it I I love it. Like wow, the cinematography is just 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 a breathtaking movie to. Oh, love. I agree with that. It's it's this it. You rarely get this kind of moody kind of um, atmospheric type of movie, and we don't. I, I've been a fan of Dev Patel ever since I saw him in Slumdog Millionaire. So I guess I'm I'm a little biased there because I love Dev Patel. I mean, I could watch uh Depp and tell, read the phone book and I'd be entertained by it. <laughs> or, a phone book. Oh my God. What's a phone book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Those don't exist really anymore. Do they? <laughs> yeah. We'll put that behind. We'll put that behind us. But the story about what a man's legacy is and what he wants to leave behind and how he wants to show the world who he is as a person, and this is about men as, as a whole, like me and you. Like you have your legacy and the life that you want to live. And if you have children or if you, or how you are perceived in your own family and so forth. And I think that's what is a major a theme of this film is about how does he live up to King Arthur? And what could he do? to show that he deserves his place in the table, the round table, amongst these great guys that are sitting around that table. And King Arthur himself with the sword and the whole nine yards. Okay, well, I'm going to step up. I'm going to do this mission. And he and he does the mission. And, and he realizes the mission is something not good by the end of it. And he has to fulfill that because that's what he, his destiny was. And he put himself out there to do this destiny. Sometimes your destiny is that, you know, and sometimes your destiny is to just troll away doing YouTube shows and being a camera guy for the movies or being a guy that works at Walmart and reviews movies on the side. You know, we all have a different destiny. And I think David Lowry really showed that each person in life and people in life as a whole are destined for different things. But you've got to go on that mission. You've got to take that that road and see where it leads. And for him, it, it led to tragedy. That's the story of Gawain and the Green Light. And based on the poem, obviously there's some things in the poem that were, were changed slightly yes. for for the cinematic version of this story. But I think it was worth the wait. There's a lot of below the line stuff, the music, the score, the, 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 the some great little, uh, side characters in the movie that are neat, like Joel Edgerton and, 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 uh, oh God, the kid from killing of a sacred deer, uh,
1: uh, Barry I, Kogan, Barry Kogan. He's, yeah, like he's that. really
0: wacky and crazy. Uh, Alicia Vikander plays two characters. You know, yeah. um, the, the guy that played the Green Knight was really great. The makeup and things, what, what he's covered in is like, and he just gives us like roaring, powerful kind of performance. Um, I I, I I can't say enough about the movie. Is it going to stand up by the end of the year? That's to be seen. That is definitely a question to be asked later on. Just about a couple other things we're going to I'm going to talk about before the hopefully the end of the show are some of these things we're talking about in August and July going to stand up in December, and
1: January. And that's the big question. No, that is that is a big, big question. And I actually agree with a lot of what you're saying. I agree that the themes, the themes and the symbolism that it uses to tell its narrative is very strong. Like uh, It is a treasure trove of not only the way that it, of composition and shots or editing. It's just a. It's it it is a beautiful tapestry. I, I'm going to use a lot of imagery that it, that it it evokes. It is a it is almost as if remember those scene with the giant. You huh. have no idea what's going on. You just know that this is. I am in awe and seeing something special. That's how I felt about this. But it, I felt so cold and disconnected from everything. And I knew of the story going forward and it changes a lot and it had some confusing moments about it never explains where some of these characters, what some of these interactions are his horse just comes back, he finds the axe again, all of a sudden, a lot of things that suspend my disbelief. And of course, this is kind of a mystical tale. And I know why we're supposed to not kind of, we're supposed to not question what some of these things are. It's just a mythical tale. And I get that. But for me, it just rang hollow. And no matter how amazing the symbolism may be, I just can't if I can't connect with what's going on. then while I can appreciate it, in fact, I appreciate it a lot from an artistic standpoint and just a visual perspective. I just probably will not have this high up on the end because it left me. I didn't feel a lot. I didn't even feel
0: cold. I couldn't I will, even hate it. I will tell you, man. I- this is not for everybody, and you're. Yeah. And, and I give you a lot of credit because you're not oh, an you. average film fan. You're, you're in that small group, like me, where we want to see the foreign films, the yes. the artsy fartsy A twenty four films, the neon <laughs> yeah,
1: films. Give me the artsy
0: fartsy. Give me Lamb. Someone give me Lamb. You know, the the low budget, ten to twelve to twenty million dollar. Films that maybe you're getting a small release, you're you're in that camp like I am, but it just did okay. not resonate with you as much as it did me, and that is fine. and And that's why we love film. Yes, have we been waiting for this for an entire year? Yes, but it doesn't mean it's not going to be a letdown, just because we've been waiting for it for an entire year. You know, I've been waiting for Coda since January, and. <laughs> I finally got a chance to see it and yes. it did live up to the hype and the and everything that I've heard going in, you know Green Knight for you didn't and that's and that's fine and it's yeah. not it's not a bad thing.
1: No, it's not a knock against it. I can again, I, I don't think it's a bad film. I just think it's a film that doesn't that you're either gonna resonate with it or you're not. The themes by the very end, like the very end after that spoiler alert, after that kind of dream type of foretelling sequence. Once that comes to an end, it kind of wraps itself up into a very nice tongue-in-cheek ending, which could work for someone. It didn't work for me, but I can see how it would work for someone else. And at the end, The Green Knight already has made back its budget, and I hope it makes more because I want films like this to succeed. And if I don't love it personally, I want it to succeed.
0: And I'll tell you, you know what I like about a 242 is we're going to get a Blu-ray, and we're going to – hopefully this gets a 4K. But yes. I want on that Blu-ray a commentary – by david lowry and, oh, and i oh please you of all people would love a commentary to rewatch this movie with the commentary turned on and then listen to what he's talking about while the movie's going you might get a whole new idea of what this film is listen to david lowry's commentary
1: oh no i can't i can't if that's the case i can't wait for that to happen because i want to be able to watch that commentary you know as soon as i can well, one of the films you also saw you had mentioned was 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 coda uh i wanted to talk about that real fast uh well also another movie that i saw was jungle cruise um i don't i don't like jungle cruise at all uh this is a movie i i don't like it i'm no i'm sorry it just did not work for me it felt as if it was made by a committee and there was no sense of it it tried so desperately to me to be pirates of the caribbean and i did not feel that it did not hit for me whatsoever it tried too hard it feels forced And sadly, not even the chemistry between – I mean, let me rephrase that. Not the chemistry. Not even the charisma of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt could save this movie. Um, I don't like their – I don't think they have romantic chemistry at all. So, sorry. I
0: I, uh, I really enjoyed Jungle Cruise, and I think their chemistry is what makes the movie what it is. I think they're terrific together. They—they Even in, like, the the press junkets and stuff, you could see how just – I mean – perfect together they are and what a great combination yeah is there a twist in the movie that's kind of a little odd and off the wall sure there is but i mean i mean the the mix of pirates of the caribbean and um what's the other one that oh indiana jones i I thought it was a good combination put those two ram them two together and, and and do kind of an adventure and the
1: cat i love the cat and the in the villain oh, yeah. of Jesse Plemons is the villain. Okay, Jesse Plemons is great. I love him and everything. But
0: uh, you know, I am like I said, all film is subjective, man. You you're entitled to your uh, your objective opinion on it.
1: Is this the is this the year where I'm like I, I just hate every movie that I see because I'm over here like I haven't loved a film as much as I wanted to. Am I just being? Tell me, Dan. Am I just being cynical this year? I think you're growing older and you're becoming more of a film no you want to admit no stop it dan no don't say that uh i'm looking forward to first off what why do they need like a 200 million dollar budget for this thing that's what i'm also kind of that's a, that was a lot I they could have brought that down a bit i do want some more adventure films i just wish this adventure adventure film like hit for me because it just lacked any of the thrills maybe like some of the you know, set pieces at the very beginning when she, when uh, Emily Blunt and the, oh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, uh, Is his name Jack? No, not Jack. Was it Jack? No.
0: I want to, I want to say huh? Jack. But no. Why am I forgetting? I forgot to... Since <laughs> I see so much and whatnot. I just forget. Amanda I know. So but I, see,
1: long. I agree. They do have chemistry. I just did not find it to be romantic chemistry and that kiss at the very end, I'm just over here wondering like, nope. No, nope, don't. Yep, romance. Romance. No, no. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's just weird. It's we. I've never really seen Dwayne Johnson as a romantic leading man, so it's definitely uh, uh, a long way different. Frank, that's it. Frank, Jack, Frank. Yep. Frank, you're right. Frank. Um. Yeah. Uh. But also, you saw Coda. So I want to hear your thoughts upon Coda real fast before we get into our uh, main uh, topic of the day.
0: Well, uh, let me tell you something. You know, I missed Coda at Sundance, and I really mm. regret it because I should've. I don't know why I didn't see the tea leaves on this, the first opening day movie. Hmm, why didn't I get a ticket for that one, dummy me? Ah, uh, and of course, everybody was raving about it the next day. I'm like, yeah. and said I have to wait till August to see it, and it's been one of the most anticipated movies of the entire year since since Sundance and the fact that this is a movie about disability, but it doesn't placate to people that are all about disabled people and this kind of thing. And it's about this woman girl who loves her family and loves being part of this family. And, but she has her own voice, literally has her own voice and she is amazing. Uh, Amelia Jones is her name. And she is incredible in this movie. But also um, Eugenio Derbez as the, as the music chorus teacher or whatever. He, from Overboard, if you haven't seen Overboard, the remake, see that. It's funny. He's great. This guy is a, is a Latin uh, actor who doesn't do a lot of American films. Just the, the whole, like, tight-knit community of this fishing community and how, the, 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 you know, the times are changing and how they have to change with the times and stuff like that. And this the brothers subplot that they really don't touch on that much, which is a great little subplot in there. And I'll tell you right now, we're in August. Yes, we are in August. And we have a lot of months ago, September, October, November, December, four months. I, I really, and I, I'm not, I, we we wanted to do this at the end, but I just, I have to do this now, Manny. This is definitely a contender for one of those 10 slots for best picture. I, I, if you can't look at this movie and watch this movie and say, this is relatable on so many levels to so many different communities and so many different people of walks of life struggles disabled community teenagers coming of age i mean it, 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 it checks so many boxes it does and there's a great soundtrack if you haven't go get the soundtrack dakota this mm. classic eddie james uh there's a uh, 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 oh god what's her name there's a singer a singer um joni mitchell um song in there the, go get the soundtrack on Spotify or whatever. When it, and Spotify is not a sponsor of the Gone with the Wind podcast. I'm just saying. No, I'm just we're saying. on it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this movie, right now, you you can't literally say that about many movies, if any. But this is a legitimate contender for one of those ten slots right now. And I, I can't say enough. I gave it forty five out of five stars on my review, and you can find my review on my Facebook or uh Pinterest, uh twitter or or it, uh instagram and I write for disappointmentmedia.com so and I'm constantly doing uh reviews on on that so
1: mm-hmm. no and um coda i saw was able to see it in sundance and i've which is a weird feeling to be able to see a movie before everyone else that's never happened to me um so i'm gonna i'm gonna take that with me to the grave. <laughs> that'll be the one exception that i see regardless everyone from amelia jones to you know like marley matlin who is she's like, already you know, won an oscar she's already an oscar winner Um, uh, one of the youngest ones wasn't she
0: mm-hmm. the children of a lesser god wow
1: nice pull that coda is while to me conventional in its storytelling there's nothing that is like you know from an artistic standpoint there's nothing that is revolutionary it's but it doesn't need to be. Not every single movie out there needs to be push the boundaries of filmmaking. Not every movie needs to be a Boyhood or a Birdman as we had that same year. There's no particular directorial style like a Wes Anderson or a Tarantino or, you know, any one of that matter. This is just a very straightforward telling from a community that is shun- that is not only sometimes shunned upon but does not really have a film or too many films of this caliber that represent a plight and uh, of a plight of what happens movies
0: about disabled people in some form don't get the don't get the 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 the, get the light shined on them that often
1: agreed and especially what i was going to say is that coda means child of a deaf deaf adult and it highlights that, played by Amelia Jones, as I want to say, who does an amazing job of grounding this movie. We don't get the perspective a lot of what does it mean to have a family and being the one person who can hear. Being the one person who is able to hear um, and what that dynamic plays and how that dynamic plays out. It's very real. It's very raw. It's very emotional. It'll leave you you cheering. It'll leave you crying. I'm not exactly... It's not one that I'm over here like saying yes, yes, the best movie of the year. But it is such a sweet, heartwarming story. It's it if it's made with such care, and it's made with such respect to a community that is often overlooked. And I think that this is just a. It, it it's it is it's such a heart wrenching story, and a heartwarming story at that that coda to me kind of transcends this idea of it needs to, be, needs to be needs to needs to be a larger studio film because apple paid a 25 million dollars for this they were like this is going to be our pony and you know apple's going to put money behind this um i think they also have um uh what's the movie by joel cohen or ethan cohen Um, uh, or is it joel joel cohen
0: oh i can't one remember. of the cohen
1: brothers it's it's the hamlet it's the hamlet uh Oh. Ah, I think they have that but I don't know either way they're going to throw money into this you don't spend $25 and not try to put an Oscar campaign for million. this Um, what was that? you said $25 20, yes they spent 20, $25 million, excuse me $25 <laughs> they spent $25 whole dollars the biggest in Sundance history can you believe it guys? how about no, this it's guy 20, right over here? This,
0: does this guy remind you of Coda a little bit? that guy right there?
1: Minari? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, I would say it's actually in a way it does. It's it is about a, a wow. I guess a marginalized community that's not talked about uh hardly hardly enough about the uh. It is. It's not. It's less about the American Dream in Coda. It has yeah. elements of that, but it has still that same flavor of a following a family that you know um, um has to navigate what it's like to live in a in a world that is not you know. Uh, um has some sort of ableism and has some sort of, you know, uh, racist and I guess, and in this case, um, uh, less about racism as in Minari, which again, that was not the main point of it, but more along the of navigating what it's like to be different from the, uh, I guess the predominantly white population in the area, but also for Coda more about the ableism and what that has to do with the, the daughter and trying to relate to her own family. When in actuality, she's just like, she wants to sing. And for a family that can't speak, can't hear and has, they can't, they can't, they can't hear. They can speak. You're right. Excuse me. They can, they, they can't hear. um They can speak, but they sign that to her. Just imagine how that would be, how, frustrating for her as a daughter that would be but how frustrating for the parents that must also be to not be able to share in that with her and that dynamic is beautifully played out between between the family and it's a very intimate tale that is not heard and very original even though i believe it's based off of a french short film coda Mm -hmm. um yes um i'm pretty sure that that's the case uh i could be wrong in fact i'm gonna look that up right now you know that
0: line of there was a line of dialogue from marley matlin like And she's like, "What are you trying to do? Make fun of us? You're trying to be a singer. You're trying not word for. I'm not saying word for Mm -hmm. word what she said, but you're trying. What are you trying to embarrass us? Oh, you're going to be a singer because so we we can't hear you. So so now you want to be a singer, and it's it's not about that. It's just about finding your voice, literally finding your voice Mm. as a human being, and it just so happens that she is a singer." And she has a great yeah. and beautiful voice. And, it, and it's sad the fact that her parents and brother are deaf. You know, we, we're sitting there watching it and you're like, oh, my God, this is such a and they can't hear her. You know, that's it's, it's, it's an awful feeling. Mm-hmm. I, can, I I would hate to be a, knowing how your daughter is a beautiful singer and you can't hear a word that's coming out of her mouth. And that's it's, it's, it's a tragic. It's tragic in a way.
1: Now, um, I want to say that this is an English language remake of the 2014 French film La Femelle uh, Billière, which directed by uh, Eric um, Lartigou. Lartigou. Um, Pardon me, I'm not French. But that was also, uh, both films are, and this is a quote, both films are similar to the 1996 German film Beyond Silence in their narrative. Um, I'm not sure if that means we're gonna get an adapted screenplay probably if it's based off of um, if it's a remake of the 2014 French film if it's a remake of a film then it is most likely an adapted adaptation Um, which I was not aware of that till right like I think a couple days ago but we're gonna talk about today as the thumbnail and title of this episode shows uh, our main topic today is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad and let me tell you this feels like a James Gunn film through and through in a lot of the kind of tongue-in-cheek moments that we have without this that's the second time I've used the word tongue-in-cheek in this episode let's see if I can go for three by the time we're over this is as I said prior feels incredibly James Gunn after the first 15 minutes and uh tell me a little more about what your thoughts were uh Dan on The Suicide Squad and again. Suicide Squad is different from The Suicide Squad. Well, I'll make sure to always say The Suicide Squad if I can.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's Needless to say, we don't want to get into a rant about David Ayer right about now. Uh, <laughs> we could go on for quite a while about that. But The Suicide Squad to me was an absolute blast of a film. I mean, I went in with expectations of I have no idea what this is going to be, but I knew James Gunn. Had a unique vision for what he wanted to do, and he wanted to do something with this, with with this film that was unique to himself and what he has been, his style and his kind of uh, way of doing things—off the wall, zany, crazy, wild kind of stuff—and he does it right off the bat, the first fifteen minutes of the film, and you're like, yeah. "Yep, that's a James Gunn." decision there to do that and um you don't know the motivations of some of the characters and just the gore and the blood in the action and just i mean everything when Warner Brothers said you could do anything you want and he chose to do this
1: oh they weren't kidding
0: they literally took the gloves and put them over as far away as they possibly could Put him so they couldn't touch him, touch his film, touch anything to do with his film. And what we got is a film that is untouched by anybody but him and the people that were making that film, the actors. And you could tell every one of those people were having the time of their life. Even the more serious people like Israel Zelba and john cena but john cena has his moments of comedy and 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 it just it just Mm -hmm. this is what happens when you give a filmmaker free reign to do what they want to do all free reign and they can do a great thing and realize that their mind of who they are as a filmmaker is valuable and you don't have to get your grubby hands and get in there and tear what they're doing apart and uh, i absolutely loved the suicide squad i think it's fantastic david Dusmalkin malkin as the polka dot man uh is amazing john cena is amazing sylvester stallone is killer shark amazing
1: <laughs> what a what a wonderful wonderful man that that's yeah. that killer killer By i mean way- what do they call him not king shark it's also uh nanu
0: isn't it a king king shark or something? it is but it's also
1: they called him non non nano uh nanu. oh they
0: did give him a name what was his name yeah
1: shoot i forgot his nah. name oh well keep going i'll find it six
0: number one films in six different decades for sylvester stallone that is a feat right there <laughs> sylvester stallone six number one films in six different decades that's
1: that's amazing This movie is an absolute delight. Um, I joked beforehand about how, oh, I'm not going to like a single film. And again, I don't love this movie, but I don't think you necessarily need to love it to have just a fun time with it. You just need to, you know, I don't think I'm not a firm believer in shutting your brain off, because if you shut your brain off in a film, how are you going to really enjoy it, guys? So you have to accept the ride you are going on. Don't shut your brain off. Accept the ride. And if you accept the ride, you're going to have a fun time. If you fight the ride, you're going to have a horrible time. That said, I truly believe this film is a vast improvement to Suicide Squad for various reasons that aren't aren't David Ayer's fault, and that's the last I'll say of that. The Suicide Squad does an excellent job of making me not only care about these, oh, look, there's the rain, and hopefully there won't lightning thunder, and I won't lose any electricity. We had that happen last night. Hooray! But this does a fantastic job of letting us care for these characters by making them so individually distinct. I feel like Suicide Squad lacked that, and again, I, I won't mention, I promise I won't mention Suicide Squad anymore, but it's hard to do that when they're almost... A re- this one's almost a reboot of the prior film while taking certain it, elements of it.
0: There's four characters that were in that film that are yep. in this yep. film. And one main character that isn't, but it's basically the same character with a different actor playing the character. So it's kind of hard
1: not to compare the two. <laughs> He's not the same character, but... I mean, he literally has a daughter... In the actual, we're talking about Bloodsport and uh, Deadshot comparisons, Like, Bloodsport, Deadshot, both played by prominent black actors. Uh, In this case, Idris Elba from this one, Will Smith from the prior one, both having a daughter. Um, Like, I mean, I know that Will Smith was supposed to reprise his role, but I don't think he wanted to come back, or he had a conflict or whatnot. Yeah, you know what the conflict was? What? King Richard. I think he made the right choice. I mean, I mean, financially wise, he may or may not have made the right. Well, actually, we'll talk about that in a second, depending on uh, if if he if it was a percentage of the earnings or if it was going to be just a lump sum. Regardless, I think that this was an absolute, an absolute blast in the theater. Do I think it's imperfect? Yes, I think it's very imperfect in the way that it kind of not all the humor lands, and I think it kind of sacrifices some character development for just shock value and humor which really hurt because some of the characters I really enjoyed uh, not only did things that were deplorable stuff, deplorable stuff happened to them, but that's also probably James Gunn's style mm-hmm. as a director, which I think is it's very hit or miss depending on if you're on board with that. And while I have seen many comparisons to is uh, is it, is it uh, the, the losers or is it uh, the supers? I can't remember what, what was the one with, Prior. Did do you know what that one was with, called?
0: Uh the guy from the office uh, called Super and um, okay. Ellen Page. That was just wild. But also Slither he done. Mm-hmm. The thing that people have to remember about this film is its rating. Its rating is it, it not PG thirteen, but rated R. You can hear more rated R than you can do with PG thirteen. And he that was a distinct thing that he wanted to do make this movie rated r and not pg-13 and make it different than the guardians of the galaxy movies so they stand alone separately these are these this is this
1: Mm -hmm. and you're right it absolutely does stand on its own It, it it makes itself incredibly distinct this suicide squad or the suicide squad I think the name, okay, I'll be real. The name is really stupid. I mean, the suicide squad versus suicide squad, just, just the suicide squad, something else. Like, and then the colon, uh, I don't know, semicolon, whatever you want to put it, something clever. And James Gunn, you're a clever man. Think of something else. I don't know. Batman, uh, Batman begins.
0: Superman, Superman returns. I mean, give me, I mean, this is... the suicide squad <laughs> begins or again, it's begin it's just, again, again, all these movies are just
1: Spider-Man, amazing Spider-Man. I mean, I mean Oh, well, you can't win them all, I guess. Um, however, I think that while this film, I believe, has issues, at its core, it is a balls-to-the-wall, a complete disregard for almost any continuity within the DCEU, other than maybe casting the same people, to create a movie that is utterly entertaining to watch. And while it's not a perfect film and not one that I think I'll go back uh. Well, I might go back later. I've watched clips of it again back on HBO Max. It is a movie that knows what it is and sticks that landing for most of the most of the time. Some things I didn't care for, as I mentioned in the prior, my problem with Green Knight was its cynicism. It was like, let's just make all these terrible things happen to these people and let's make a joke out of it. It just... And then the subplot at the very end about it was the U.S. government the whole time. Again, spoiler alert. This is going to be a spoiler review. We're going to talk about it. It was the U.S. government the whole time, and that kind of... It, it came out of nowhere, and I get why Waller wanted it, but it just felt very ta- tacked on when, in actuality, there were so many villains that I don't really care about the villains at the side, and that by the time we got to the final climactic battle with Starro, which was really cool to, to watch, I don't care who you were, it was cool to see Starro in an actual movie. It felt hollow and kind of like, oh, the U.S. government did... Okay, okay I mean... I mean, we we uh, okay. I've s- seen it before, and it just lacked the big punch that it could have had. When I thought they were thinking it may have been like aha, big surprise, and then you t- top that off on the end with one of my favorite characters from this polka dot man, um, D- David Das Dest- M- Malkin. Das Malkin.
0: Das Malkin.
1: D- Malkin. Uh, David Das Malkin dies in probably the worst superhero death I have ever seen in the longest of times used for. Pure comedic purposes. I did not like that whatsoever. And it kind of left me with a hollow, again, the same feeling I had with the Green Knight. I felt hollow and like, wow, why would you do that? You had no sense of other than rat catcher two at the very end holding his polka dot. You built him up, and then he says, has a great moment, and then you kill him immediately without any sort of ceremony. Which again, we were we expected that i guess at the very beginning when they had that utter slaughter but it just left me feeling sour and i just still don't like it after all this time and really hurt because we had gotten to know this person you, you listen we had killed off um oh shoot what's his name uh rick we had flag. that fun joke about no 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 rick flag rick, rick flag to me at least his car- his death while i mean tragic and sad it felt earned because that was a climactic battle we were prepared for something to happen it was just shocking and for shock value. And I don't care for the cynicism that they used in making that a shock value death. Um, I understand why. Because it, it is a certain level of tongue and as I get, I'm using it one more time, tongue in cheek, third time value that comes with this. And I just didn't really care for all that. Or like when they were going around, you know. Uh, killing all those people, and then ultimately it was like, oh, uh, whoops, sorry, this is actually ours. But you'll help us regardless. Sure, you killed all those people I love, but we're gonna help you regardless. It just kind of felt weird, and I think some of the jokes didn't land for me personally. But I think where this actually where this is strong suit is the emotion, because what Ratcatcher two has, especially with like the fun moments between Ratcatcher two, is the heart and the soul. I don't care what anyone says. Like, even Harley Quinn has some amazing, fantastic moments. And while I don't think her highs are as high as the emancipation of the one Harley Quinn or Birds of Prey, she does some great work. I actually really, really loved her um, in, in this film. Not that I didn't love her in *Harley uh, uh, Birds of Prey, well, she but... She has a nice subplot. She has a nice She subplot. does. Some of, the really. characters
0: are, some of the characters have little subplots within the context of the movie. Mm-hmm. And some of them land and some of them don't.
1: Yeah, some of them land, some of them don't. I think the one that didn't land the most was Idris Elba's because it felt so familiar. Um, and Peacemakers didn't really have, he had kind of a subplot, but it was more just kind of like, I have to do this because peace. I will do whatever it takes. I will, as he said, I will kill women and children in the name of peace. <laughs> That's like, I thought you were the crazy one. I am.
0: It is. And yeah.
1: We're, See, we're, some we're, of the jokes worked. Yeah. And but Ratcatcher 2, especially that really great moment where we have a little fun Taika Waititi TD cameo, uh, of Ratcatcher 1 as yeah, Ratcatcher 1. That, did we? No, we did not. And she really, I think, Danielle mo Mel- Melquire. Mel- McCoyer.
0: Yeah, Mel- I, I forget her last name, but I, I, I looked her up on Twitter, tried to get an interview with her, but
1: yeah. alas, um, it's, it is, it is a with along with, um, the kind of just fun. Um, nature of King Shark and Sylvester Lobrock and also the the reintroduction of Rick Flag and making him more of a complex character making him an actually interesting, fun character their dynamic was spectacular everyone was great, they did wonderful work and I just couldn't be more happy with these characters and I kind of want them to come back am I sad that we lost Captain Boomerang? yeah, he was my favorite character from Boomer Mm.
0: Well, the so thing sad. is, you know, that's what I think people forget. What's the title of this movie, Manny? Suicide. Movie the stuff Suicide stuff Squad.
1: What is their mission? Suicide. No. <laughs> they get whatever they need to they're, done. They're, they're to going on nature. a
0: suicide mission. You know, they, there's no guarantee that they're going to come back. And if they do come back, they get 10 years off their sentence. They're going back in the clink, you know. So th- there's no silver lining here no matter how you look at this movie, yeah. there's no silver lining. You could try all you want to have a silver lining, but there isn't going to be a silver lining. And that's <laughs> no. the bottom line, you know? And, and that's what people, I think people, they want to find some kind of solace in these characters. and But you forget it's called the Suicide Squad. They have a suicide mission. There's no guarantee they're coming back. And people gotta remember that.
1: Uh there was actually also one to highlight. Um I listened to I listened to another great podcast, In Session Film, where they did a review of Suicide Squad 2. Or Suicide Squad 2, excuse me. <laughs> the Suicide Squad. Whoops. Um, and they had a really great point. There was a lot of m- emotional manipulation with animals in this, um, which I think was a really interesting point if you look back like they wanted you to show how evil some of these people were when it comes to we're gonna burn the birds which i thought was a little a little much um which i get why they did that they wanted to make us feel like it was evil but yeah it did feel as if well i was a big fan of like sebastian and his little fun antics with a rat catcher and uh and bloodshot or excuse me bloodshot blood sport you see they're the same character Bloodshot. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I think some of that was a little little, little heavy-handed, and, and I think that was an excellent point for them to, to bring up. Um, overall, I think that The Suicide Squad is a really fun time in the theater, though. I think it's something that you, if you know what you're in for after those first 15 minutes... Oh, can we also talk about just how really awesome that those title sequences were? Whenever we got to see the little... What do, what do you call them? Like uh, 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 transitional credit-type things? Yeah, do you know what I'm? You know what they are? Yeah. And I'm talking yeah. about Dan.
0: Yeah, the credit, yeah. I like that. I like. I mean, his his credits in the Guardians movies are really cool. Yes, they really he he really puts a lot into the credits, and that's I always like. That's why you have to stay and watch the credits at a James Gunn movie because you don't know what kind of weird stuff is going to be in the credits. You know, mm-hmm. in, and in the title what, cards and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, my favorite one was I think it was operation harley or something it was like first off it was operation um starro or not something it was operation something what was it um and then suddenly they're like wait we got to go get harley first and then the fire changed to harley that was utterly hilarious or the very beginning when um a savant uh, his blood in the water (laughs) creates warner brothers presents (laughs) that's just clever yeah yeah i mean Um just the guy is talented there's no doubt
0: about it james gunn is a talented filmmaker i it makes me want guardians of the galaxy 3 right now and i cannot wait what craziness and wildness and amazingness it's going to be in that film and the script's been sitting on his desk for at least 3 years now
1: yeah i i think this is one of the be- be- better outings um personally for dc um, for DC. Yeah. I, uh, do you have any objections to that? Do you think this is no
0: top five uh, Easily. My squad's top five of, uh, of the DC cinematic universe, you know, up there with uh, the uh, Snyder cut um, Shazam, I would say wonder wonder woman. woman yep. Um, you definitely got to put this in, in, in the top five, maybe in the top four.
1: I might put this in the top three just um because I haven't seen the Snyder cut. I just can't commit to like five hours. That's just like whoo um, it's four hours.
0: But four, take it's in segments. So that's true, take, that's true. Go get something to eat, come back.
1: <laughs> just do like a little bit there, a little bit here every other day. Um however, even though we may think it has a great amount of quality, apparently the box office doesn't reflect that. Mm and that's what i want to discuss is this box office of suicide squad is i wouldn't say abysmal when it comes to traditional box office standards but it is incredibly poor and reflects i believe on just the ever-changing um uh, climate when it comes to uh movie theaters and the movie going experience especially during the time of the pandemic and as i said at the very beginning why you know there is a big problem with the box office right now yeah and that's covid yeah the delta variant specifically
0: yeah that i mean you you thought that you thought the box office was going to come back back in june when things started getting back to normal again and then all of a sudden this delta variant hit and then now it's starting to take a toll on the box office and you know not to get into uh black widow but Streaming services are taking a hit on the box office. There's no really? doubt about it. Jungle Cruise, Suicide Squad. I mean, they're just taking a hit on the box office because people like, why do I need to spend $80 on my three kids and popcorn and soda or whatever? That's just a buddy of mine who has four kids, and and he, every time he goes, he spent $80, $90 on a movie. He wants to go to the theater to see his movies. But a lot of people want to just watch it in the comfort of their own homes. And that is not bad. And that's why it's there on the streaming services. And that is cutting into the box office. And with all this stuff about the Delta variant, you know, various weather problems all over the country and this and that and the other. You know, kids are getting ready, parents are getting ready to put their kids back in school and stuff. Hey, let's just sit, sit on the couch and watch watch Suicide Squad or mm-hmm. watch Jungle Cruise or watch Black Widow or, you know, Codas on Apple Plus. You know what I mean? There's stuff on Netflix, there's stuff on, you can watch Bow on Amazon Prime, you know? So I it's sad that the box office is taking a hit, but until... This stuff gets settled, and we we, we know we're in we're in, we're clear water, and we're free and clear of this stuff. I think we're never we're we're not going to get a, a clear picture of the box office, and, and Free yeah. Guy to, to me deserves all the box office it can get because the movie is amazing and it's incredible, but it might be the next um, film that is hurt by this people aren't going out to the theater and it's sad because free guy does it really really deserves people to go because the word of mouth on this should be booming and it should just be going crazy and I don't think it's going to get the the box office that deserves free guy
1: no and I think that's the big topic Um, Scott Mendelson usually has like every, every weekend he will crunch the numbers and tell everything that's going on Um, And the Suicide Squad, outside of its disappointing $26.1 million opening, um, had a drop of 70% from week one to week two, which by no metrics is great. Especially when you consider the only other um, superhero film or superhero quote unquote film to ever reach to go below it is uh, Shaquille O'Neal's Steel, uh, which is opened up with like less than a million in theaters. That's wow. the only one that's below it. I will say that there are a lot more factors other than just streaming. And I do think it's, I do really, think it's wow. the, I guess, I do think it's, I think COVID is one of the biggest things right now, because even like people said, Oh, the free guy got a great 28 something, which is akin to the suicide squad. Did we expect suicide squad to do more? Probably. But also looking to a fact that it was same day streaming. Free guy is not. So while free guys numbers are not great in comparison, what people are looking at, you need to take into account that it was so that the suicide squad was there same day. Um, and I also think that free guy, free guy lived on the internet for that's this entire year. This has been hyped up to the, from by Ryan Reynolds himself to the point to where I want to see this just because he's had such some of the best marketing Period. End it's of sentence. For this film. past for this past year, just from the Deadpool reaction trailer, I remember for which is incredibly clever. But he's been championing this movie, and be, besides the fact that it's exclusively in theaters, it's a reason for people to go out. But if you look at the fact that it's like what what's what was the budget? I'm trying to remember a free guy. Like yeah, it's really a, high.
0: a lot of visuals. A, a lot, lot of, of
1: exactly. Yeah. It's like in 150 or million or something along those lines it's it's a lot it's gonna do
0: caps too so maybe that played into it
1: they made sure to pay that cash very well um uh, i i'm i'm worried about the state currently of people really bashing and going down on films because uh oh this movie was a was a bummer or bummer in the sense of like it's box office prospects and true. That may be the case, but at the same time, we're, why are we putting so much stock in the middle of a pandemic when we're trying to navigate these waters of, is it extremely exclusive? Is it not? Does it go like X amount of days, like Paramount does with quiet place part two, which I think is arguably the most successful movie that we've seen. But I think also that was at the time when things were starting to open back up. It was one of the first movie going experiences for a lot of people. So people were ready to get out. I think now with where we're looking at with the Delta variant coming back and then I'm then I'm literally getting pushed. Uh, yes. or, yeah. And, and just to I think they're just waiting to see what the Delta variant starts to do, because if this takes a hit on the box office, no time to die could actually be pushed again for like the fifth time. And I, mean, I don't slammed, man.
0: I mean, yes, slammed with releases. And I would be very sad to see some of those movies move again. I, I I'm just it it makes me depressed just thinking about that that month of October. We're not going to get a lot of those movies right now, and 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 because of this. And the other thing is, you know, Paramount Plus needed something to boost their kind of subscription. So oh, let's put Quiet Place Two on there. Forty five days later, now. Disney is trying that with Shang-Chi. Okay, Shang-Chi in theater for 45 days, then it's going to come to the streaming. And of course, Simu Li comes out. Oh, it's not, we're not an experiment. We're, we're. Look, they failed miserably with Black Widow because of the lawsuit, but they didn't fail money-wise. They made buku bucks off of Black Widow. So trust me, they would rather have. Shang Chi on Disney Plus, knowing they could get that money, that cha-ching, that change, that cheese. But the, the the failure because of the lawsuit said, okay, we'll we'll do it forty-five days later, and hopefully Shang Chi survives, you know, and makes some money in the box office in those five weeks, you know. Uh, but it, there hasn't been a lot of Asian films. That have broke out in America. You know G.I. Joe. Did not do good at all.
1: Uh, Snake Eyes is not exactly a great film. That's it. Yeah. Snake
0: Eyes did not do good at all. Stink Stink Eyes. Snake Eyes. Uh, I of course was there opening day. To see Snake Eyes. Because that is my childhood. Come to life. Mm -hmm. But Crazy Rich Asians was really the only. Big breakout Asian film this country's ever seen. So Shang Chi has a lot to live I mean, a lot to do, you know, and it and, and it might be another um, film that just pays the pays the penalty of, of this Delta variant. And it's it's it'll be sad because I think it probably deserves because they're doing press screenings, Manning Tuesday for Shang-Chi that's two weeks early that tells you something they are very pleased with Shang-Chi if they're gonna do press screenings two weeks early
1: well I will also add to the fact for well actually two reasons one I heard I forgot who tweeted it out um there was a film critic um uh, who I retweeted she was saying that they were only allowing in-person screenings for Shang-Chi which I feel to be very negligent in a way, specifically when they're saying, well, we're not going to put this on streaming service, so you guys kind of have to see it in person. You have no other option, which I understand from a standpoint of, like, we want to make sure we get butts in seats to maximize our profits. But I feel like Disney has made a lot of missteps recently when it comes to trying to navigate these waters, mainly based upon the fact of you are putting people at risk, vaccinated or otherwise, because you don't know that everyone, you know, has been completely vaccinated i'm not sure what disney is doing to ensure that they could do that but it just feels the fact that they are doing press they are literally doing press junkets via zoom or skype or whatever you want to call it but they're making the critics go see it in theaters and not offering an option for people who don't feel safe i still don't feel safe even with everything i have vaccination and otherwise i still don't always feel safe going into a crowded theater because you don't know where these people have us necessarily been And Disney, to me, is dropping the ball. Bob Chappick is now showing me he is the lesser of two Bobs um, in comparison to Bob Iger, which we had. Well, for all the faults Bob Iger had, Bob Iger didn't come across as someone, and no offense to Bob, actually offense to Bob Chappick, as someone who comes across as someone who just is in it for. Is everything seems like data to him? He comes across as let's do this to maximize our profits. The lawsuit that Star Scott Johansson, which again she has high grounds, unless they, unless they deal with it outside of court, from what I've been reading and people I've been listening to, the fact that they went against that the actual their actual contract does not bode well. And Bob Iger, I know, made a comment and he's not happy that should have been dealt with a long time ago. The rift was already there and it's even bigger. But Bob Chappick's comments of I quote, we actually think, we actually think it'll be an interesting experiment for us, blah, blah, blah. The prospect of being able to make a Marvel title to the service after going theatrical for 45 days will be yet another data point to inform our actions going forward on our titles. It comes across as very cold. And I understand why, you know, uh, Simi, Simi, I think it's uh, uh, Simulio, Simulio. uh, I understand his, his frustration. Also, I understand why anyone would be frustrated by that because they're putting their heart and soul into this and you become across as a data point. And yes, you're running a business. But for Disney, which is supposed to be, you know, this family, really fun feelings, emotion, emotive company. Bob Chappick's comments come across as cold and in fact you're just data to us and it kind of sets the wrong tone for what Disney and Marvel and I know that while Kevin Feige is still very mad I'm sure he's not happy by these comments and I'm really curious to see how long David Chappick and uh will say anything else or just remain in the back because he does not have the same profile as Bob Iger did he does not have that same face of Disney um let me, let me type say, of thing Bob
0: Chappick came from the parks Yes, And when you're thinking about the parks, you're thinking numbers. The parks oh, yeah. are a numbers game. You know, the, the, When you're dealing with health and the hu- humans and their health and, and, and society as a whole and whether to put a movie on a streaming service so people could watch it in their home or go to a theater where they might be sitting next to somebody with the Delta variant or whatever and they don't even know it that's putting people's lives in risk and numbers and the numbers game and all that kind of stuff shouldn't have shouldn't play into that and that that's why having him as the parks guy in charge maybe he doesn't see the bigger picture of like bob, bob iger point. saw of all these different things he was in charge of all these different things and he saw these different numbers and these different kinds of things that were going on in various with the animation and with Marvel and with Lucasfilm and with he had a better idea of how to do things and this guy came from the parks which is all about numbers you know Yeah I,
1: Bob Iger had a good idea of what the brand of Disney was which um, I remember there was a there was an interview a while ago. He says I believe in the power of branding, and he thinks that the Disney brand. When people see a brand, they want to trust that brand and understand what that brand stands for. And um, ch- mm, I'm not getting that same from from Bob Two. We'll call him Bob mm-hmm. Two. No. I'm not getting hey, that you, same feeling.
0: It, 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 the bottom line is Bob Two, Bob Chapek's reign <laughs> as head of as CEO of Disney. Has not been very good. It's a, been a very, very bumpy road and not all his fault. He happened to take no. over during a pandemic and a very yeah. tumultuous time in this country. And so maybe it's just he just lucked out and ended up being the boss at the wrong time.
1: Maybe. Yeah. It might be right. It may just be a series of bad choices. And he's like, wow, I got to do better. Then awesome. But it's not a great track record so far with the past few months, especially with the relationship with Marvel that it's been because these are so far two marvel films where the star has been upset with bob and the disney conglomerate we'll say and i'm curious as to since i know kevin feige is like the head honcho of everything if he's going to speak out a comment upon this or go talk to bob in private to smooth things over yeah they're I don't not know.
0: gonna you, kevin feige he's not gonna put out his opinions on this stuff out in the he is a company man, for the lawsuit. So. yeah he's a company man he's gonna get he's gonna Talk about this behind the scenes
1: and behind closed doors, and they're gonna talk, they're gonna get some of this stuff worked out. And I trust trust Kevin Feige Feige to do to do that. Um, at least I I hope. But he will, he will. They can't
0: afford to lose Kevin Feige. I'll tell you that right now.
1: Not no. The only reason Kevin Feige would ever leave is if he decided it was time for him to put up his literal hat because he wears hats all the time. Um yeah, but overall, the box office is something I think we need to chill. Well, I, maybe a year removed when things are relatively knock on wood, knock, 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 are back to a little sense of normalcy. I was hoping we were getting to that when we got, you know, movies like we got uh, Quiet Place Part 2, when we got Cruella, which is already getting a sequel, perhaps. I was hoping that we were getting back to normalcy. We're not there yet. Um, and I think by a lot of movies moving from October, To sorry, moving from September and late October, late August to October, they're hoping that September things may start to calm down with the Delta variant, which they may not. They may, we may have something even scarier. I don't know. I don't want to be a doomsday apocalyptic man. Yeah, but we'll see. And hopefully by October, when we get all these films one on top of the other, we'll be able to get you know some good content, and we'll be able to go back to the movies and. People need to calm down on the box office. Yes, the box office matters, but we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. The box office is not the same as it once was. Know that to be the case. It is not the same. we We will never truly know what a movie was going to get because that is not the world we currently live in. We live in a world that is currently being ravaged right now by the Delta variant of COVID. And people want to make sure they're safe. And if they have the option to view it online, good for them. That is their choice. That is the more power to them. I just hope that studios will not get cold feet and thinking, wow, they really hated this movie. No, people didn't see it because there's a there's a virus running around or people were saying, oh, this movie did really bad. Don't put that upon the movie. There is a virus that is plaguing us right now. So I just want to say that because there was so much discourse on Twitter regarding this. And it was just kind of annoying to see because this is not a normal year. And last year wasn't a normal year. Next year may not be a normal year. We don't know. Just patient guys, chill, you know, go take a nap. I don't know.
0: Well, you got to give it, you got to give at credit, whether, whether you believe it was a good move or not, they have 17 films coming to streaming and uh, they're, we're all going to get to see all 17 of their films in 2021.
1: So there we go. We're looking forward to that. And yeah, that has been the box office that I wanted to talk about. But before we wrap up, there is one thing I wanted us to talk about real fast. And that was, Dan, you had mentioned you wanted to just talk a little bit about some of the movies from this past year that we've had so far that are Oscar locks or quote unquote Oscar locks. Obviously, these aren't locks, but these are things we strongly believe will have a good shot. I have a couple, but I want to hear since you suggested it besides Coda or you know, what, include Coda as well, too. What are some of the ones that you feel like have a strong chance of actually making it to you know Oscar glory. Well, look,
0: I want to make sure we people realize we are in August. Okay, nothing is yes. a lock. All right, we're we're making our predictions, some early predictions of things we think could be in the mix come Oscar season. Right now, a lot of films have not come out yet. We've talked about the box up. We've talked about films moving. So there's a lot of moving parts and things that go into this. you got to put Jennifer Hudson as, as um, Aretha Franklin in the mix for best actor, actress right now. She may not be in the mix come January. Who knows? But after seeing her, she transcends um, and she's already won an Oscar. They love giving people yeah. two Oscars, especially on the woman's side uh, of things. They, are, they've been given two out. It seems like everybody's been getting two, you know, except for, um, uh, uh, Francis McDormand's got three. Yeah. You know? uh, maybe four, maybe four. Who knows this year? She's got, she's got a good chance. Of she has four. a great chance. Um, so right now you got to put Jay HUD in there for a Franklin, um, mm-hmm. does, uh, I don't know if there's an original song in there or not. I don't remember if there was original song when I was watching it. I, just, I heard a lot of the, the old, Aretha Franklin songs, but, uh, mm-hmm. obviously Cruella for, to me, it's set production. Yeah. Costumes, makeup and hairstyling. Yes. There's at least three below the line. You could get, you could make a real good, uh, real good just saying keep an eye out for cruella
1: and i was going to say like that was going to be my choice as well too like the costumes specifically and the makeup and the hairstyling those are two that are very very strong in contention and and honestly i would be very shocked if they didn't make it at the end of the day because those costumes are elaborate they're gorgeous it's it's fantastic now production design maybe but i agree it's in the conversation for sure
0: because yeah, now there's no film that looks like Cruella and it, nope. and it stands alone as a film that looks that way. And it really has a great kind of look to it. Uh, one of the reasons why the world of Cruella really jumps out when you're watching the movie, um, you're looking at some sound, some sound categories, some blue, uh, a quiet place. You two, you got to put it in the mix. Sound. The, oh yeah. Sound categories. If you don't, you'd be, you're just going to ask him to lose Oscar polls and stuff. You're just, you just, you're just giving up early because if this doesn't get in there, if this isn't in the mix for sound, then, you know, you just, you're just not trying. You're just not trying to win any kind of Oscar polls or uh, or Oscar ballots.
1: The last one was nominated for a sound Oscar. So good, good, good odds.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you could put, suicide squad the suicide squad in there for makeup it won makeup the first one did with uh, killer croc this one's got a walking shark this one's got I a lot mean, of that
1: cgi though for the yeah, skin shark
0: yeah, yeah but it also has a lot of blood and gore and guts and a lot of cr- so you could do makeup also for suicide squad the suicide squad and um also, VFX for Free Guy, visual effects is depth. I- I'd be shocked if Free Guy isn't in the five for visual effects. Comics. Oh, you're
1: shocked? You'd be shocked. I'd be
0: shocked if it's not in the visual effects category. Uh, oh, come the end of come the Oscars, it the movie is about eighty percent visual effects. And it's a based that's on like a video game. It's like the movie. It's like a video game world that's going on within Free Guy. So, I mean, you got you to gotta put Free Guy in, in visual effects, I think. Um, score, uh, cinematography, uh, and uh, maybe set production or makeup as well for Green Knight.
1: Yeah, I, I have a I, I I have a hard time seeing the Green Knight making it. Sadly, for Dev Patel, I don't I don't see it going below After, the line. I mean, above the above the line, I mainly love, because I love to
0: get him in there for actor. Boy, hey,
1: that. you know what? Maybe for for the Gone with the Wind awards, we can get him in above above. I just have a I mean, indie spirits. I can see him getting an indie spirits nomination oh, yeah. for this yeah, performance. Right.
0: Um, <laughs> and Coda obviously is oh yeah. Uh, I mean, just best actor for Amelia Jones. I mean. Eugenio Derbez is is a a long shot, but maybe for best supporting actor, it's a long shot. Don't best uh, script, uh, maybe something one of the script categories for Coda. Um, I don't know what else you could do, Coda, but Coda, I think needs to be in best picture as of right now. I mean, this is oh yeah, of all the movies I've seen this year, if there isn't a lock as of today for best picture of any movie it's coda that's my opinion
1: yo and i think i I can't think of literally any other like any other film that is the same oscar appeal or that is the traditional oscar film that is quite like coda that has that that has that push behind it i know it's going to be apple plus's pony again unless it's the um uh, the hamlet that that um ethan cohen is doing uh, or is it Joel Cohen? I can't remember which of the well, Cohen brothers is doing, is
0: doing it. A Hamlet with France McDormand and Denzel Washington, right? I'm
1: pretty sure Apple Plus. Uh, I'm going to correct myself if that is the if they're actually doing that, but I think they are the ones who are. Um, I think they are the ones who are actually um, putting the money behind that. I could be wrong though.
0: But that's just a handful of the things that I think you could uh, right now that you could legitimately say, okay, yeah, this these are in the mix for, and they could be might be locks.
1: Come, come, ostracies. Yes. That's not a lot, but there's that's a few. No, I think, I think that is a, you know, honestly, that, that that's that is a, a good portion, especially for below the lines. For for Coda, I, I think you have a good shot of uh, Marlene M- Matlin getting a second Oscar nomination for a supporting actress or uh, Troy Kotzer, I believe that's her father who plays um, for a supporting actor nomination. Seems good again, I don't, I, the two of them together to me could also, who I think they are, they give some of my favorite performances besides Amelia Jones. They could bring in, depending on how, how, you know, stacked the supporting actor races are, or supporting actor supporting actor races are, yeah, respectively. I
0: mean, we're a long way away. We're a long we way are. away. You don't know who's gonna pop up, you know? What's
1: yeah, gonna it pop could up. be. Remember, what's again, the space yeah.
0: from, um, sound of metal last year we had no idea that guy was going to be in the mix
1: love me so oh no what's his name uh uh i can't remember his name paul uh wait
0: racy paul racy paul racy yes we didn't know he was going to be in the mix you know the grandmother from minari we didn't know she was going to be in the mix you know what i mean you don't know it's such a long long deal you know it's a marathon not a sprint
1: marathon not a sprint Ooh, I like that. I like that, and um, it is in fact uh, uh, Yu uh, uh, uh who was the our best act supporting actress winner of last year. Um, so we will actually see um, how that plays out if we're going to be able to get some more films. Like again, uh, this coming week. We got some more films that are dropping again this past week. We had respect drop. We had free guy drop. We had Beckett drop on Netflix. I'm curious to see what that's going to be like. I haven't heard great things. Have you seen it or heard anything about it? Dan? No, I, haven't,
0: I, haven't seen, I haven't seen it yet. So. Um,
1: it is on Netflix though, for all of us to uh, view and watch. I'm not again, I'm not too. It's the one with John David Washington, which makes me excited regardless. Um, but this coming week we have reminiscence. We got Paul patrol, the movie, we got the protege. We got Flag Day. So that's going to be interesting. No, screener, and... no screeners
0: for Flag Day, by the way, for uh, press and uh, film reviews. We tried to get a screener for Flag Day. Hmm. We didn't give it to us. So, hmm. hmm. I Perfect mean, the,
1: it was mixed reviews. I know. I heard out of Sunda- well, Sundance. Um, it was, Oh, uh, what was it? Was it Tiff? South By? Was it South By? No, Tiff? it was um... oh, Can. Yeah? Can. Yeah, yes. Yes, that was it. Had mixed reviews out of there, so I'm not expecting much, honestly. So we'll see. We will see. Um Oh, and let's not forget, uh, Candyman comes out the 27th, and I am terrified. I'm not sure I'll have to. I might have to wait. It looks so terrifying to me personally. I'm gonna have to wait for it to be on streaming so I can pause I, it. I got. I got my
0: screening on the 24th. I'll tell you. Oh, nice. Uh, Quick story i was part of a a, a film festival last year a um, urban film festival it was called and i was one day away from seeing candy man before they pulled <gasps> last no. year one day i was like oh i can't wait for candy nope candy man gets pulled one day before everything the world changed <laughs> well i was back in like november october somewhere in there at, at this urban world film festival Oh uh, yeah, they pulled they pulled Candy Man last year and put it to this year. So I'm finally going to get to see Candy Man.
1: They pulled Oh, that was still 2020. So be it already. We were already in the pandemic yeah, by that yeah, time. we were already
0: in the middle of it all. Mm,
1: that was smart. That was smart. I think again, that was a smart move at the end of the day and hopefully I mean, hopefully Candy Man they, they don't push it back again. That would just be it that's literally the same thing as No Time to Die. They've pushed that in film I think a lot, haven't they?
0: Yeah. Well, considering it was April of 2020, it was supposed to come out <laughs> And Now we're gonna get it October of 2021. So, yeah. Oof. A lot of oh, the thing are. is too. Have you noticed a lot of these movies that were supposed to come out have been mm-hmm, ho hum movies and have been like the greatest thing, you know? And it's like, why didn't they just come out? Why didn't they just put them out anyway? <laughs> I,
1: I think ma- I think maybe it's because like you know they just want to make oh, sure God. that they just want to make sure like you know they can maximize as much profit as they possibly can. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Do you got
0: any? Do you, do you have any um, any anything that I haven't said about as far as under the line or any any, any um, anything that could possibly that we haven't already discussed? Or do you think the ones that I brought up are kind of the ones right now?
1: I think the ones are that a, you...
0: a running thing as the weeks go by.
1: Oh yeah, and I think as we go along, we'll find out, you know, what else there is out there. But I think you've hit the, hit the nail on the head. I sadly think that oh, you might have for for animated film uh the Mitchells versus oh, the machines
0: damn it, I meant to bring that up yeah luca that i see both of those that is a lock i, I, I literally would put for my sure. money on Mitchells and the machines being one of the the animated best picture nominees that cuz this is a slim year for animated it really is so and Mitchells is one of my favorite films of the year so far so i mean oh, wow I just, is it uh, yeah oh i had it at uh two or three on my bet halfway point of the year and so it's still probably in my top 10 of the year. Dang. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Got all about Mitchells.
1: That and Luca, I think are the two animated films that are, again, there probably could be more animated films. What are the other fi- animated films coming out? Actually? Right. And
0: the last uh, dragon came out. Oh yeah.
1: I don't think uh, that's going to win. <laughs> we
0: got Transylvania, hotel Transylvania. Mm. coming. We got another Adams family coming. Mm. I believe. Um, we do. Do we get another Pixar coming in, in November? For it, I don't think so. In November, I think
1: we're picks I think we're. I think we are full Pixar out. We got Sing Two,
0: Sing Two, which I love. To sing. I'll tell. You, sing oh, is you do. Of favorite anime movies of the last ten years or so. It just the people, the voices that you're. Like, oh my God, that's that person singing. Oh my God, that's that person singing. That's. Uh, yeah, I was like, "Wow, he,
1: cool!" That was the first time I realized that Taron Egerton could actually sing very, very well, and that's how we got the amazing performance in Rocket Man that he gave.
0: You got that right. Got he was you. robbed.
1: <laughs> he was robbed for an Oscar nomination. Saying uh, it now, he, he got
0: robbed for an Oscar win.
1: Oh, oh, hot could, take!
0: I believe he, he he deserved to win. I'll be honest with you. I, if Rami Malek can win for that performance, then Taron Egerton blows Rami Malik out of the water.
1: Out of the park. Agreed. I don't want to compare apples to oranges, but if we are comparing apples to oranges, the orange is a lot better than the apple. <laughs> yeah. In this case.
0: Yes it is. Yes. I I, I, I loved Rocket Man. I loved Terran Anderson. Where the heck is Terran Andrewton? Where has he been? Is he He's- Secretly growing chaps and gonna be doing some Wolverine stuff in the future. What's going on? I mean, on? he's
1: there's Was there was a picture on Twitter of apparently him getting jacked. Um, So mm-hmm. you might be right. No <laughs> I don't know. No
0: pun intended.
1: He Again, jacked. No pun intended Jackman. whatsoever. Wolverine, or, or no. maybe pun is intended. I don't know. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I mean, literally, the last thing that he did was Rocket Man, and then he's doing Sing too, and that's it. Yeah, where the heck has this guy been, man? He's I don't know.
0: Amazing. He's amazing. I love him. Oh wait, oh the delayed
1: another delayed Kingsman. He's not in the Kingsman, is he? No, he isn't. He's in. The
0: he's Kingsman. not. In, he's,
1: in, he's not in the Kingsman.
0: He's not in that. Shoot, I forgot about it. I thought he was in that.
1: He might. Be I forgot flashbacks. about the Kingsman.
0: Think he's in flashbacks in the Kingsman. Maybe. Oh, maybe okay. not. Maybe not. that Uh, that was supposed to come out two februaries ago wow
1: yeah yeah. Yeah, see this is how much we've pushed back movies it's crazy
0: that's been in the can for something like three years
1: yeah pandemic man horrible when
0: when when disney got fox they inherited free guy they inherited
1: the king's man they inherited
0: some good movies
1: they did they really did. So now I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm actually really excited to see The King's Man. So I can't wait to see that. Um, but I think that's all the movies that we'll talk about for right now. So, Dan, where can they find you? You can know, always find me at Dan Skip Allen on Facebook, Twitter,
0: Instagram, and Pinterest. Also, uh, I'm a film critic in uh, Orlando, Florida for the website called DisappointmentMedia.com. We're always going to disappoint you in some way or another. So might as well call the website that.
1: I love that tagline. Did you make it up right now, or is that your official tagline? Oh, that's our tagline. That's our oh, tagline. I love it. I, I love that. And you can find me on Twitter at cinda underscore man. That's c i n e underscore m a n n. Again, I'm your host, Manning Franks of Gone with the Wind, where you can find our podcast at Apple Podcast. You can find it at Spotify. You can find it at Anchor. Wherever you find your podcast, more than likely you can download us there. Uh, give us five stars, rate us, review us, all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, you can also find me if you're in the. Uh, North Carolina Triad viewing air. You can find me on TV uh, every once a week uh, reviewing respective films. So, uh, yeah. And this next week, we'll be having Jungle Cruise review coming out. And you'll be able to a little taste of that if you watch, of course, watch us on uh, WFY News 2 channel on YouTube or Facebook. And you'll get my hopefully within the next uh, few days. So, look forward to that. And of course, you know, watch Gone with the Wind, watch Take Three. You'll find us all here. And until next time. We will see you guys at the movies or, again, on the streaming service on your couch, which again, very weird. We promise we won't be there.